Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jig Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'd like to thank everybody out there who's uh, been communicating with me about these puzzling things that really uh, make them wonder. Mm. Cletus? I'm getting a lot of of support from uh, listeners out (laughs) there. And Bobby Jean. Sure you are, Gordon. It's all good. You know, those silly shows. You know, the History Channel didn't totally sell itself out because there weren't people like there uh, like that out there. A lot of calls from West Virginia today. Oh, some no, of the, no, oh some that's... Of the, Josh sounded very intelligent. He sounded like a curious man who has a sincere interest in trying to get to the bottom of certain mysteries. You should be ashamed of yourself. Listen out there, alien people. Give me my History Channel back. Give it back. You took it, and it's just hot garbage now, and I, I want know. my History Channel back. What Get happened? rid of the, all the conspiracy crap or pawn whatever, pawn <laughs> stars. I don't care. Give me my History Channel back. What happened to all the good documentaries they used to have Wing nuts there? like you have taken over the <laughs> stupid channel. It's it's your fault. You're consuming this garbage. And so they decide instead of actually giving us history to give us this alien garbage. Okay, yeah, but you don't have any answers. When I bring up the Great Pyramid and I bring up the pyramids in general. I answered every single one. There's no explanation for that. When I bring up these huge designs that are carved into the surface of the earth that you can only see from 10, 15, 20,000 feet up, then where did that come from? I don't believe that's even a thing. What do you mean? It's a th- it's there. You can see it. Have you seen it? Well, just pictures of it. Fake news. <laughs> so you're denying that they what? exist? Fake news. What? I, I, I'm like that uh, guy that uh, was shooting that thing for the Discovery Channel where he tried to, uh, uh, didn't he attach himself to a balloon and try to actually see if the world was round or not because he... <laughs> He thought that all the the, Del Shanzi, who the physical evidence was uh, just made up. Fake news. That's not fake that news. Owl, You've seen, he? haven't you seen pictures of these huge diagrams on the on the on the Earth's surface that you can only see from way up high? Yeah, well, it's probably uh, designed by the same person that uh, flooded uh, the Earth and had Noah and his family survive. Probably one of those You're things. You're getting all biblical now. Huh? I don't know. Maybe it was Job. Who was Job? Explain to me who Job was. It's a whole book of the Bible about Job. What do you mean explain to me who Job was? Tell me Job's story. He was a guy with a lot of patience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) He could get through the Not Sports Report. Kind of like me, who has to have patience (laughs) with this garbage. Just give me my history channel back. What happened to Job? You tell me, Gordon. (laughs) He, he etched a bunch of, a bunch of crap into the earth that you can't see for unless you're 20 feet up there on a dirt and roller coaster. I don't know. We should, we should I don't make care. that a daily segment. Bible stories with Jake. No. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, who uh, he was he was talking. Somehow the story of Noah came up, and uh, they weren't exactly religious folks, and one of their sons. Uh, he 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 got he got Doctor Doolittle mixed up with Noah. 
Oh, man. By the way, uh, real Eddie quick. Murphy mixed up with Noah? <laughs> Austin, can we have that? Can we have that Austin's list added to our weekly uh, agenda? I really think that's Where a good idea. Where I just idea. get mad at people like you? Yeah. For yeah, taking I think 10 minutes of my life on the every, every oh, day. It's up to 25 now. <laughs> <laughs> every day, Austin should give us one person that he's really angry at, where bitterness is stirring his well, heart. I got tomorrow's ready. <laughs> you guys are mean. Mean. Just because just some people are curious about things, you don't have the answers either. We're mean. I'd like to describe you in a couple of ways at the moment, but I'm going to refrain. Regress to the mean. Oh, let me let me just say this: I'd rather be mean than than a couple of other things. Wow! <laughs> like, like, wow! <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, of course. But but do you want to continue, aliens? Should we talk no. college football? Yeah, let's do that. I'm getting a headache. You're getting a head. Well, that's not good. Maybe you should. Isn't that one of the things you need to go get Rona tested? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Isn't the headache uh, one of the one of the things you're supposed to get uh, the symptoms? I don't know. I got a powerful one right now. I think it probably has more to do with uh, my bike crash from a few weeks ago. But anyway, Austin and I were talking uh, about different outside of the box ways to get rid of migraines last week. No, we're not going there. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was a migraine. I just said I had a headache. <laughs> what was the what was the solution? Oh, I don't know. Caffeine. Caffeine, sure. Really? And lavender oil. The headache medicine. Uh, lavender oil, is that a thing? Yeah. No, I'm sorry, peppermint oil. Peppermint, yeah. that's for headaches. Not lavender. Not oh. lavender. Okay. All right. Well, we were going to play Dennis Todd here, but I don't know if we quite have enough time because it is oh, quite Come on. it's quite long and uh, <laughs> Let's most see, it's five eighteen and most of our segment was, minutes long. was devoted again toward <laughs> Gordon Kent wrapping his brain around somebody building the pyramids. It's only five o'clock on a game day. Uh, that's it. <laughs> we only waited four and a half months for something like this. We did have Stuart Mandel on with us earlier talking college football. And Dennis Dodd was on with DJ and PK earlier. I'd encourage you to go online, 1280thezone.com, and uh, give that a listen, either of those uh, of those interviews. But, Gordon, what did you think about what Stuart had to say uh, about the, the Pac-12 and the issues? I'm still not comfortable with the players pushing this agenda under the guise of safety during the COVID-19 pandemic. But... I mean, people seem to be uh, receptive to at least part of the message. Well, I think some of the things in there are are really good ideas and things that uh, are doable. Some of the things are ridiculous and will never happen. And that's why what what is the uh, depth of conviction of those who are supposedly supporting this? Uh, That's a huge question. It's like if you make that kind of threat and was it a threat? Certainly. It kind of was a threat. I don't know how you could call it anything else. They're threatening and, not to play. And if you're if you're going to make that kind of threat, then you better be ready to, to do it. And I would be curious how many Pac-12 players are actually ready to do it. Um, John Wilner, and I'm, I'm just bringing this up. He had a, a nice breakdown on it today in the San Jose Mercury News. He said that uh, players will likely fall into three separate categories, Gordon. One... Players who express solidarity with the movement through social media. 
Mm-hmm. Two, players who opt out of the 2020 season because underlying health issues make them high risk for COVID-19. And yes. three, players who are willing to opt out uh, if their demands are not met by the schools and conferences in the next few weeks. There's probably so a if, lot of one, some of two, and I would guess very few of three. If there are some that are in that third category, then what ha- if you if you're unwilling to play because you you the these demands aren't being met, does that qualify under the uh, under the provision that the Pac-12 had talked about? That hey, if you're worried about your health and you don't you're not expected to play, your scholarship is saved. And you'll be you'll be fine. But that's the leverage they're trying to play, Gordon. That's why this bugs me is because they're going, oh, well, we'll call it safety. But it's really about other stuff. So they'll use it as an excuse, which I find disingenuous to push through this other stuff because they have the opportunity now because of COVID-19. And I don't like that. I think that that makes me uncomfortable. yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And even by the way, the, and even, it, even even if the cause is good, right? It's uh, not it, necessarily proper form. And I think it diminishes from people who are uh, student athletes who are actually concerned about COVID nineteen. Well, some of the other concerns that are on that list are, are worthwhile concerns. I agree, and and I said this before. I don't hate that some of this stuff is getting some attention, but I don't I don't know if this is the way for true reform. I mean, maybe there there is some positives that will come out of it, and people like us are, are having the, the conversation. But I just don't think this is the appropriate manner. I really don't. And I doubt that there are that many players who are willing to fit into number three, that category. And frankly, if I'm a school or a coach, I'd say, well, good luck playing somewhere else. Oh, really? You're just going to kick people out? I don't know about kick people out, but if they don't want to play, don't play. Nobody's forcing anybody to play. Don't play. Well, that could very well happen in more than a few cases. Maybe. I'm telling you right now, and I don't know. All I know is what social media said. There was support voiced by two of Utah's quarterbacks. And if neither one of those guys was playing because they really meant uh, what they said about their support, that would – I mean, if there is a football season, that would uh, impact the Utes in a huge way. Yeah, but I would say, hey, Drew Lisk, how's the arm feeling? <laughs> if they don't want to yeah. play, don't play. Yeah, but JC, but that's kind of like saying, hey, if you don't like this country, then get out. There are people who have concerns about things that they think need to be uh, adjustments need to be made. And so why shouldn't they be listened to as opposed to just saying, hey, shut up or get out? Okay, if we're talking about coronavirus safety, sure, I'll listen to you. If you're trying to force other stuff down my uh, throat, then no thanks. But but some of that other stuff is pretty important, too. But why now? Why are you doing it now and why are you doing it this way? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I I don't because they think they have they have a pulpit they can stand on right now. Mm, they have more leverage Jay, because of a Jay, pandemic. Than, so you know. many, so many, for so many years, these these concerns have been ignored. But no, see, so I they, guess I'm bothered with with people saying that college athletes are being exploited. If you're being exploited, why would you do it? Well, it depends on how you define exploited. There might be some exploitation within a benefit. So 
Well, okay, so what, what point are you trying to make? You have to take the good with the bad? Well, they're trying to take more good with the good. And there might be some imperfection in that, and that's what they want to address. No, the truth is, it's good. What they receive is good. It's not bad. They're not starving, like some people would say that the, they were. It's not bad. What they get is not bad. They're not being exploited. In fact, they have a much better lifestyle than 90% of the students on campus, I'm sure. Well, I don't. Well, they work their butts off for that. I those agree. Athletes, I agree. Yes. work their freaking butts I, off. I totally agree. But don't tell me that you're being exploited. I don't well, agree. Well, I, I didn't use No, that but word. they did. The, pla- the, well, the Pac-12 players did. Oh, I'm not saying I agree with everything on the list of demands, nor exactly the way it was done. But I, I do think these are some of these things are important to be heard but I'm, by, by the powers. But I guess that's my attitude. If, if you don't want to play, don't play. If you feel like you're being play, exploited, don't they, but play. They, but they want to play, but they want to play under better conditions. If they want to play, play. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. But that's too extreme. Why? But, but maybe the demands are extreme, too. I, I, I like middle ground. I, I like a moderate approach to these things. To say, hey, if you don't address these, I'm not going to play, I think that's, that's a little too strong. But to say, hey, love it or lump it, uh, you know, or get out, I, I think that that's not exactly useful either. I mean, if they really want to, if they really want to compare it to a job, which I think is also ridiculous because they're students, not employees. But if you really want to compare it to a, a job, if you're doing a job and don't like the compensation, go get another job. The only reason they're not employees is because the the, the colleges through the years have been absolutely unwilling to to market it that way. Because they don't want the responsibility nor the liability for it. No, because but the, they're but students. You talk, you talk to any student athlete, you talk to any football player at a major program, and they will tell you they feel like employees. I don't care what they feel like. They're students. By definition, they are yeah, students. Yeah, but who's they doing are the not defi- employees. Who's doing the defining? The society. No. The people who are in power. Incorrect. They are actual enrolled taking classes students. And they're getting something that other students pay hundreds of millions of dollars a year for. That's a fact. They're students, not employees. Okay. They are not yeah, employees of that university. They are students, period. You are, you are, yeah, because they're defi- it's defined that way by the powers who have tried to resist this for the past 70 years because they don't want to be held accountable for it. That's ridiculous. They're students no, because they're students. What do you call your, your normal uh, your journalism student? What do you call people who go out and do the labor for you so that the institute can make millions of dollars. It's not labor. It's a game. And they're being compensated through trade and cash, might I add. But that doesn't make it perfect. It doesn't make it as good as it could be. Uh, okay, fine, as good as it could be. But don't tell me you're being exploited. That's ridiculous. Well, I, didn't, I didn't say that, nor am I sticking up for that particular term. 
All right, uh, we'll get to more coming up next. If you have any thoughts, you can always share them on Twitter, at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333, Action Plumbing. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. And don't forget, Jazz Lakers tonight at 7. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. PK is going to be jumping on with me, doing pre-half and post tonight. So uh, stay tuned for that. Certainly should be a big one. Uh, we're going to do Sounds of Various Clips right here, also known as Drop of the Day. Uh, Gordon uh, Austin selected today's. And, and you, you know what? I will never object to playing this. Uh, let's see. How can we set this up? Uh, the movie zone phone is something they do on the movie zone, right? Lloyd used to uh, be involved in doing this, and uh, he would record them, and then Austin kept track of his best outtakes and compiled them into a reel. And uh, it's always fun to to listen to this, right, Gordon? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here is uh, the movie zone phone outtakes.
Locked up in an institution, Myers manages to escape when his bus transfer goes horribly wrong. And the masked madman returns to Haddonfield, Illinois. But this time, she's ready for him. But this time, she's ready for him. But this time, she's ready for him. <laughs> for the house with clock in its walls, please press 1. For Oosebumps, 2. Haunted Halloween. Wait a sec. I think that means it's supposed to be Goosebumps. Not Oosebumps. For Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween, please press 2. When Jerry loses his job and his sense of purpose, he decides to join the cause of fighting the fire, leaving his wife and son to fend for themselves. And that dad sounds like a real d God bless. <laughs> so funny. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh, I'm so glad. 20 minutes of that. I'm so glad you kept those. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, Lo Lloyd sounds a little bit like Casey Kasem to me. Does he? <laughs> I like the. A little the, bit. Like... A little bit. Did you know that Casey Kasem was the voice of Shaggy on Scooby Doo? I did know that. I didn't know that. Uh, I liked Lloyd's ooze bumps there. <laughs> and then he moves on and catches himself. He's like, wait a minute. Maybe that should have been Goosebumps. I forgot to put the G, and he just read Oosebumps. Oosebumps. <laughs> Whatever ends up on that sheet of paper, the movie's own phone guy will read. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the stars one, that was pretty hilarious. Oh, we're just adding stars just now? Adding stars. <laughs> Lloyd, nice work. Uh, I, we didn't get to play uh, the Ninjago movie. That debacle one, either, the Ninjago? But... No, the yeah. <laughs> Is it Ninja? Ninja. Go! go. <laughs> Ninja, go! Do you remember the time of that, uh, Austin, that I did that? Uh, yes, I do remember that time. Oh. You were too good at it, so we didn't have any fun with it. Hmm. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2? 2? <laughs> <laughs> that one is so funny. <laughs> At two. Uh, do, you, do you hear what I'm hearing? The Lloyd got a little bit of that going? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's It's, it's a compliment to Lloyd. Maybe it's the filter they're putting on that with the phone, or maybe it's his <laughs> movie's own phone voice. Like Kramer in, in Seinfeld. Why don't you tell me what movie you want to see? <laughs> Go see uh. Oosebumps 2. <laughs> Man, you get yourself in trouble leaving uh, certain certain uh, consonants and vowels out of words. Can you now? Yeah. You never know what you might be saying if you're not careful. I see. I see. All right. We'll have more coming up next. We'll get Gordon's thoughts on what to expect from the Jazz tonight before we uh, morph into Jazz pregame. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. You selected the Lego knit. You've selected the Lego Ninja Movie. You've selected the Lego Budge. You've selected the Lego Ninja. You've selected the Lego Ninja Go Movie, starring Jackie Chan, Dave Franco, Michael Pena, and Fred and Fred Ar Armisen and Fred Armisen.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Uh, pre-game takes over the top of the 6 o'clock hour. PK is going to be jumping on with me doing pre-half and post uh, for tonight's game against the Lakers. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, Lock and Booner will have all the action for you starting at uh, at 7 o'clock, which, Gordon, is is weird because this is this is normal, right? <laughs> We're used to games starting at 7, and it's it's just pretty wild that this, is, this will be the Jazz only 7 o'clock start, and it's their latest start of this return. That we know. We haven't gotten the game time for their San Antonio game quite yet. But uh, pretty bizarre that this is because this is going to feel like uh, the old routine, but it's our only one. I consider this a pretty important uh, game for the Jazz tonight. Not necessarily that they have to win it. Uh, They wouldn't be favored to win it, nor would I expect them to win it. You never know. But they better show up and they better play well, uh, because if they follow up that poor showing against the Thunder, and can't put up much resistance against uh, a Laker team that either will or won't be motivated. I don't know which it's going to be. But you would think after the Lakers lost to Toronto and they need one more win to clinch that top spot in the West, that they would be somewhat motivated. I don't know that. But uh, the Jazz have to show, man. They show and show that they can do the things that Quinn has been working with them on for the past month. Let's see, the Jazz are, let's see here, Gordon, three and a half games ahead of the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how important tonight's game is in particular, but the Jazz just need to win enough to keep from falling to seven. I think that's becoming more and more clear to me as as we go along. Because if you fall fall to seven, you're going to be taking on the Clippers in the first round. You know, you fall to eight, you're going to be taking on the Lakers. Any Any... Other team than those top two, I think the Jazz have about the same chances of winning. I would agree with that, but I'm not even saying it so much for positioning for the playoffs. I'm talking about confidence and self-respect and and belief that uh, that they can get things done in the absence of Boyan Bogdanovich. They've got they've got to show that they're certainly better than what we saw against the Thunder, and they didn't play particularly well against the Pelicans either, even though they got a victory in that one, and they'll take it. But they they have got to create proper spacing on the floor so that they can feel as though they can make some shots, both at the rim and and from behind the arc, and then of course that does have an effect on how hard they play defensively. But uh, that game against the Thunder was was a game to forget for them. And we've seen that at times this year, right? I mean, this season has been somewhat inconsistent, except for that big, long winning streak in the middle, which even in and of itself was weird because Mike Conley was out of the lineup. But so, I, wonder if that's a, I wonder if that's the nature of the beast when you are urging your team to take more three-point shots. They took 31 in that game and made uh, 25% of them. Uh, what's the ideal number, Jake? I don't know. I, I think 50% of their shots from three is it just seems like a little bit too much of a lofty goal to me. Okay, so how, the, many the more, should they, how many attempts should they put up, and what, what, what is the, uh, what is the, uh, the useful, realistic percentage? 
I'm not sure. I, I'm really not. I know that, I mean, if you want to put that at 40, which is crazy high, I mean, they haven't been shooting 43s all year, but if if that's the way they have to win ball games because they can't do it ways they've won before, then that's what it's going to have to be. I don't know what that magic number is. Well, they, I think they were at 38.3% or something from three uh, prior to the stoppage, right? Attempts? I don't no, think they were. Uh, makes. Oh, per, uh, makes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they were down in attempts. Here, give me one second. I can tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's oh, see here. Three-point attempts, they were 34.3 per game, 13th in the league, um, or are, counting these first two games. They're now second in percentage at 37.9. Yeah, they were 38. They were over 38 before. And they'll take that in a heartbeat compared to what we've seen of late. What did we see, 23 and 25? Yeah, uh, well, it's it's got to be north of that. I mean, that's just dreadful. Yeah. But I mean, wow. if they're they're going to take more than they did before the stoppage, so if they were around thirty four, I mean, I I I guess they want to get up closer to forty, maybe yeah. thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah, I think so. And that's not doing what the Rockets did uh, against the the Bucks. What was that? Sixty one. I mean, wasn't that didn't that tie the NBA record? So, I mean, but they do want to launch them, and they want to launch them comfortably and decisively uh, and not uh, be wondering. Because right now when I watch them shoot from distance, I think, does he really believe that shot's going in? I don't get that feeling right now. I, I think they're capable of doing that. And those numbers that we talked about before the stoppage do present evidence for that. But that was with Bogdanovich, so now they got to do it without him. And I think they can. I think they're better shooters than than what they've shown. And well, I don't see Jordan Clarkson make four or seventeen shots, and George Niang can't even find the basket at all these days. And that's that's the reason he's on the floor. The only reason he's on the floor, and he yeah, even it's admitted not for his defense. that much. Oh man, his defense has just been dreadful. Um, I, I I think it's got to be your main guys that set the pace. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was 0-4 on Saturday. I mean, he's got to be mm-hmm. better than that. Mike Conley's got to be better than that. Joe Ingles, I, I know this feels like we talk about this over and over and over again, but he needs to shoot more. Yeah. He needs to be more aggressive, especially with no Bogdanovich. He's got to alter his role yet again. And I've I've talked to PK about this a ton. And of course, PK has asked Joe on the Joe Ingles show about this a number of times. And PK's convinced he's just not going to do it. But he needs to, especially now. He needs to. He's the team's best three point shooter, and they're trying you, to shoot you, more threes. He needs to shoot them. How many threes is Joe averaging? Uh, let's see here. Three-point attempts. Joe Ingles so far in the year, 4.8. And so you think the ideal number would be up around 7 or 8? Well, let's see. I'll tell you uh, who shoots more on the team than Joe's, 4.8. Boyan, 7.3. Donovan Mitchell, 6.7. Mike Conley, 5.2. Jordan Clarkson, 5.8. Relative to those other options, Joe shoot it. Yeah, he should be up around 6 or 7. I I like that bar you set right there. He needs to take at least two more threes a game. I agree. And this is what Quinn wants. This is what he's, he's begging them to do. But in order to do it, they have to have the correct spacing on the floor to make it possible and to take those shots in rhythm and to take good shots, move the ball. And, it, and occasionally, if you want to take it off the bounce, then go ahead and take it off the bounce. But don't be sitting there dribbling the ball uh, almost confused about what to do next. Got to make the uh, got to make the good shots you may, uh, you get, and I think the Jazz are very very good. Maybe the best team in the league at getting open shots, but you got to knock them down. 
Watch for Donovan Mitchell to be more aggressive tonight. And I don't know whether it'll be because obviously the Lakers are a very good defensive team. But I he, he talked a lot about this after the loss to the Thunder. So he sees himself as the leader on this team, and he has to show a lead by example. So he, he has to be decisive. It might get him in trouble on occasion, but he, he's got to do it because if – if Donovan Mitchell is going to hit five or 15 shots, the Jazz aren't going to win very many games. Yep, I agree. And he's their number one offensive option. And yep. against some of these teams, it's going to be tough because they're going to put their best defender on him. But that's, you know, <clears throat> with great power comes great responsibility, Gordon. He's the one who <laughs> likes to, you know, compare himself to Spider-Man. The, you know, you've got to go out there and get it done. You're the number one guy. And yep. without your number two in Bogdanovich, his job got even harder. I mean, we, we've talked about how they make up for the production uh, in the absence of Bogdanovich, and the truth is a lot of it goes on to Donovan Mitchell. And you say, well, well that's not fair. He's already scoring 25 a game. Well, he's the best offensive player on the team. Yeah, and we, how many times have we talked about the two stars on the team? You know who they are. They have to play like stars. And if they don't, the Jazz are very rarely going to win. And so it's unfair, but that's what every star on every team faces, that kind of pressure, that kind of uh, necessity to bring a, a top-level game. That's who you are, Donovan. That, that's who you're called on to be for this team. Yep. There's not an option. You've got to be a star. And so does Rudy. And then the other guys have to hold up their end of the deal, too. We've talked about the importance of Mike Conley. We've talked about the importance of Joe Ingles. We've talked about the importance – of of even guys like George Niang, because even if even if you have Donovan Mitchell playing at the level you expect him to play at, well, they're going to gang up on him defensively, and when that happens, he has to get the ball to the right man, the right person on the floor at the right time. And if they miss shot after shot after shot, uh, it's <laughs> it's just not going to work. They have to play at that level, or else you're going to get games like you saw against the Thunder. Gordo, you uh, enjoy your evening, sir, and I'll uh, catch up with you tomorrow. We'll break this one down on the big show tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Austin. I hope all our listeners uh, stay safe and stay sane. PK jumps on the pregame starting next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I hate goodbyes. This thing is over! That'll do, PK. That'll do. 